Hello, and welcome to the M&A Stories podcast. I'm Robert Heaton, and each week I will be joined by my co-host, Toby Tester. In these podcast episodes, our intention is for Toby and I to draw on case studies and our own experiences to bring you, the listener, valuable insights into the good, the bad, and the ugly of M&A integration. We hope you enjoy these episodes and we hope that it will bring you valuable insights on how you can improve your M&A projects in the future. Thanks for listening. Let's get this underway. Hi, Toby. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> Fabulous, Robert. Fabulous. It's uh, very cold here in Melbourne, I can tell you. How's Sydney this morning? Yes, it is. I can tell you now it is cold, windy and rainy. Um, a fabulous day. Being an optimist, uh, it's a fabulous day. What can I say? Yeah, well, funnily <laughs> enough, uh, I will say slightly opposite. Um, Melbourne is one of those really cold, crisp days. So beautiful right, blue skies sunshine but it's damn cold out there yeah, yeah. Um, now are we ready for our weekly podcast absolutely let's rock on you know in readiness for what we're going to do this morning i was thinking over the weekend how companies react and what they're going to do when they see some semblance of the new normal yeah. um and, and i recall from a, an earlier podcast we concluded that management teams are, are presently using this period to reflect review plan and prepare for yeah. how they're going to activate regrowth but but i sat there over the weekend and i thought yeah, what's what's that gonna look like yeah it's, it's interesting look i i know we talked about this before obviously i think that the big thing is what organizations are all doing is they're all seeing and that is cash cash is king in these situations and they're looking to reduce their fixed costs any way they can in any creative way they can so that's the first thing. I mean, would you agree, Robert? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And of course, also, some of them are sitting there and saying, well, now is the opportunity to try and really stimulate regrowth. And, and some of them, of course, are, are looking at targeted acquisitions or mergers as a way of uh, strengthening their business and protecting themselves. Because one, one thing's for certain, yeah. whatever the new normal looks like, competition is going to be fierce. Yes, it is. It is. And, you know, you're right. And I think they're going to be looking potentially to acquire, but also to divest at the same time because they'll look at what they do and they'll say, well, look, we were in this business before. It's no longer strategic. Let's put some cash back into the balance sheet by selling off an asset, a business line or or a certain capability that they got. Yeah, uh, and and I just recall, I think you wrote an article about, I think you called it Seize the Day, the time to act is now. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, for, for Beyond the Deal. Um, yes. And that, again, re-emphasises that right now is, is, is the time to be taking action. Absolutely, it really is. We've got a window of opportunity, like all things, yeah. whilst we have an, a pandemic going. Every cloud has a silver lining. There is good things that will emerge from this. It's finding what those good things are, looking at what you do, and making the opportunity to effectively make those changes, at least start planning to make those changes and what they're going to be. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, very true. 
But, you know, something occurred to me the other day as well that made me stop and reconsider that, because we've talked about doing that over, over several weeks now. But I've, I've had some conversations recently with CEOs who I would say mid-market companies, somewhere in the 30 million to 150 million range. Yeah. And they express some pessimism and some surprising myths about their views of M&A as a growth mechanism. Now, I, I don't necessarily de- agree with those views, but I've got to say I can understand where they're coming from. It's a, it's an interesting point. I think M&A can be a bit scary. But to be honest, Robert, I'm interested, since you brought this up, I'm interested in what your views are on this and what you've heard. Well, <clears throat> there's a few few examples I can uh, mention, you know, and I'll just summarise them. Some other people are saying, oh, yeah, mergers and acquisitions, they're just for the big boys. Right? Mm. Um, the, uh, others, is, you know, M&A are way too complex. The, the risk is way too high uh, for most regular businesses. I had another guy turn around and he said, oh, they never achieve the success. They're imagined that they're a waste of time. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, funnily enough, another CEO who I respect, I have to say, he turned around and he said, no way. He said, we had a manufacturing company close to us involved in an acquisition. And he said the place was overrun by consultants and he'd apparently shared a coffee with their ceo and and, you know was being told that the cost of those consultants was astronomical now you you hear all those myths that's that's just a few examples yeah i know it's interesting robert you know there's a lot of myths a lot of truths a lot of mistruths going round and round look it's not completely false some of these myths you know um there's always an element of truth to a lot of this. So I'm interested if you might unpack it a bit more. You know? So you know, what, do you, what are your thoughts, Robert? Well, I, I thought we might do exactly that. We've spoken about these anyway, so perhaps yeah. we take uh, two each. Okay, you know? yeah, okay. Um, and uh, let's get you to kick off. I'll ask the question and then you can okay. respond. How's that? Okay, okay. yeah, it's good. <clears throat> so the obvious one that bounds around is uh, mergers and acquisitions are just for the big boys. True or false, Toby? Uh, false. It's not just for the big boys. I mean, that's just a sort of a throwaway statement. I mean, look, it's for all organisations who are looking to find ways of changing. That's not organic. You know, I mean, if you're going to achieve change in your organisation, you either do it two ways. You either go inorganic or organic. The inorganic approach you can do. I mean, you know, it, it's not necessarily something for big organizations. All organizations can do it. You know, it's not something that is just for the big end of town. That's not true. And and I've heard those sort of views. Well, uh, uh, my view on, on mergers and acquisitions is this. Firstly, going back to the, the point you just made, mm. I don't believe that companies can grow by organic means alone anymore. You've got yep. to be looking at other avenues and mergers yep. or acquisitions is is one of them i I don't care what corporate project you undertake it doesn't have to be m a there's Mm. always going to be complexity and risk involved to some degree Mm. Um, now i maintain that if you have a clear vision you understand why you're making an acquisition and you've got a clear vision about what you want that acquisition to achieve and that you put some sensible planning into the processes to then saying, how will we achieve that? And what, mm. what do we need to do? Mm. Um, then you're clearly going to 
reduce that risk and reduce the complexity. Uh, it, it, it's simply that. Good, great vision. Be clear about it. And, and I'll just add one more la layer to yeah. that. Have a plan on how you're going to turn that vision into operational reality. Yeah. But the other the other factor I'm going to mention is good old communication. Yes. In, yeah. in, and again, this applies to any corporate project. Yes. Strong and clear communication is the third pillar, if you like, yeah. that will remove complexity and risk. You know, it's funny, really, as you're speaking, Robert, really and truly, it is get the fundamentals right. You know, just yes. what you mentioned. Make sure you know why, why you're doing this. Make sure you yep. understand what you're going to do and then how you're going to do it. And then on top of all that, just make sure you actually talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If you do that, you'll be a long way down the street. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, I'm going you know, to give a plug for what you and I do. Yeah. There is a point in this where bringing in professionals that do this as their day job yeah. is, is going to add value to your project. But the one thing I will say, and I stick by this absolutely, mm. is don't just hand it all over. Right? Mm -hmm. You still need to be involved. And I won't take thunder away because it's one of our other topics. But yeah. you know, using the right balance of professional help as well as your own people is also another way yeah. of doing it. Indeed. But, so, Indeed. Now, number three, yeah. acquisitions never achieved the success they imagined. What do you think, Toby? <laughs> it's a funny one, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one for you. Well, you know, I think there's there's a lot of bad press. I mean, there's no doubt about it. M&A gets a bad name in the press. But, you know, um, I remember from one of the conversations you had with a group CEO, and it seems that the manufacturing company close to them wasn't involved in an acquisition that was overrun by consultants. And their uh, CEO complained about the cost being astronomical. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, that, that was the case. Yeah. Okay. In terms of success, you know, it's true that many uh, M&A deals don't achieve the success. And it depends what you mean by success as well. If we're talking financially success, in other words, getting the overall shareholder value over a period of time, if that's your measure, a good many don't. But, you know, again, it comes down to those fundamentals we mentioned earlier on. As long as you get the fundamentals right and you stick to them, you are more likely to be successful. You, you know, I'm also reminded of an um, experience from way back in my career. I think I've said before, I yeah. had the privilege of being assigned to the chairman's office of Dunlop. And one of the things that he always did with major corporate projects is we, we would go out and we do our projections about what the sort of benefits might be and so on and so forth. And of course, th there's all sorts of unknowns often getting in the way. But we would go back and we would present uh, uh, you know, projections to him, mm. um, and he would often turn around and he'd say, "Well, okay, that's that's terrific. You know, I really like that. What happens if we only get fifty percent of those those savings?" And he expected you to have a, a, an answer to that. Um, and it, it, his, his other question often was, "Okay, what's the break even? Meaning, what's the point where this doesn't become a viable project?" And he expected you to have done the homework on that. But mm. his third question always was, all right, oh, gentlemen, where's our sweet spot? Right. So so he was coming at it from a point of reality and mm. saying, fair enough, we're sitting here on day one. There's going to be factors we don't know about. We're all 
positive about aiming for these results. Yeah. We didn't necessarily turn around and tell everybody else this, but let's set an internal expectation that said, if we get 80% of what we're achieving, are we still happy? Yeah. And that's often the case with M&A as well, because it is a, to some extent a bit of an unknown journey. There are things it that is. you cannot plan for perfectly. Yeah. But the key is, if you make an acquisition, you do those things we talked about earlier, and you come out with 80% of what you hope to get, that's yeah. still damn good. It is. You it know, is. You still, it's still been a very positive exercise for the business. So always look at success in terms of what does that actually mean? What does it look like? Yeah. Uh, and, it re- and it reinforces the points we just talked about, about having the vision and the plan and, you know, Indeed. Uh, Indeed. communication. Uh, I think ultimately M&A, when you bring it down, is actually quite simple. It's not a complicated exercise. As long as you address the fundamentals, if you've got the fundamentals right, you, you should be okay. Yeah. And I think the last one was yours, Toby, about the uh, the manufacturing company. Yeah, I remember there was a conversation you had it with the group CEO, and it seems that the manufacturing yeah. company close to them was involved in acquisition, and the place was overrun by consultants, and the CEO complained that the cost was astronomical. Yeah, and in this particular case, that had put him off any thought or idea of doing mergers or acquisitions himself. Yes. Um, now, we've all seen projects where you've got hundreds of consultants running around the place um, and it's horses for courses to some degree if it's a large international cross-border acquisition you're going to have quite a few people there helping you from external sources no matter who that may be but it doesn't have to be that way and the the key from my point of view about any acquisition is you need to resource it appropriately but there's some for me there's some core rules um mm-hmm. the, the, the first one is if you want success from m a mm-hmm. you need to have external resources because ideally you want your core management team focused on maintaining the performance of your core business and they can't do that and manage an acquisition at the same time so so yes you need some external resources but those external resources have got to work alongside your own people so that you're part of the same team yes Uh, and the reason you do that is so that your management team can be taken on the journey they can learn from the experienced people that do M&A for breakfast every day. And that means that you come out of the exercise with your management team poised and ready to continue running the enhanced business and and business continuity. So yes, there's there's a need to use external resources. No, they don't have to be astronomically expensive. But the key point is it's horses for courses. Yeah, I mean, it's funny talking about um, the podcast we had last week, uh, Robert. I think I was charging uh, only a sort of a you know a few thousand dollars for a bit of advice, which actually turned into a twenty million dollars sale premium. That's, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. You know. And so, I think uh, I, that's a good point to make, Toby, because 
certainly in the marketplace that you and I work in, which I would say is companies with sort of 30 to 40 million turnover right up to yeah. probably 700 million. Yeah. Fees are fair and reasonable. And if you are prepared to have your leadership team is part of that journey, then what you're buying is the expertise. So, look, I think we've managed to dispel or explain some of these myths and false beliefs. Yeah. Um, Let me just see if I can summarise it. Yeah, Um, go ahead. I I, I think, number one, mergers and acquisitions are – are suitable growth strategies for all sizes of business. The larger businesses might be more practiced about it, but that's about the only advantage they might have. As I said earlier, if you're the CEO of a business of any size, you can't just rely on organic growth anymore. You've got to be using things like mergers and acquisitions as a growth strategy. Number two, Completing a, a, a merger or acquisition doesn't have to be complex and it doesn't have to be expensive, but you do have to have a clear vision around what you're expecting. You need to have a clear view of what value you expect after the deal and yeah. you need to put some effort into the plan. But that, that applies to any project. And I think the third one is acquisitions don't achieve their full value. I think that's because generally there's one of several classic mistakes. Either A, they have a poor deal vision, and in some cases there's a disconnect in that vision when it's communicated from the board to the operating units of the business. Mm, very that, true, that, very we've true. said it over and over again. Inconsistent communication, it will kill any project then. Exactly, Robert. You cannot <clears throat> over-communicate. Number three lack of detailed planning uh, so that you you've got the vision and you understand how you're going to turn it into operational reality yeah uh the four inexperienced or time strapped resources i keep banging away at this but if you're the ceo of a business i'm assuming that you've got your leadership team 100 percent focused on the performance of your core business if you take them away from that to manage an acquisition then you, you've reduced the efforts both on your core business and the acquisition. Yep. It, it pays to have a blend of experienced resources working alongside your people and hopefully in a way that the experienced resources do bring in the expertise and do some of the heavy lifting yep. and your people get taken on the journey and learn, learn from the experience. <laughs> you know, um, and, Please. I was going to say, have you made all the key points? There's there's there's, there's one more that we one haven't more. really covered, okay. covered today. Yeah. Uh, but we we have talked about it in other podcasts, and that's cultural differences. Yeah. If, if you haven't paid attention to cultural differences during pre-deal due diligence, then you're in for some shocks. You are uh, indeed. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, true. It's so true. I mean, what does they say? I forget who said it. Was it Drucker? Said the culture eats strategy for breakfast or something. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, uh, line? yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I mentioned one I did in in Asia Pacific where yeah. there were some massive cultural differences. They yeah. can kill a deal dead if you're not aware of them. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. In fact, I remember having to stand up in front of the operating board of SAP at one time. Uh, <clears throat> who were all keen to make a particular acquisition and tell the entire board not to go ahead because the cultural differences were too wide. 
Right. Uh, well, I think, to be honest, Robert, I think look, I think what you said is it's a really good summary. I think there's a lot of key points you've made, which is so true. And, um, you know, if I make just one sort of closing observation, that is they're not unique to M&A. Maybe M&A sort of exhibits these sort of issues, you know, more clearly than others. But look, it's like in so many other corporate projects, you can get the same mistakes occurring, you know. Um, M&A, like so many corporate projects, it often comes down to very simple, very straightforward fundamentals. And getting those yeah. right is so key. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're about covered, aren't we? I think we are. Um, okay, well, look, look, while, I, while I'm closing, I'm going to give a plug for our own expertise and services. So anyone looking to recharge their business through M&A right now should consider bringing in external experience resources. And why? Well, if you're listening to this, it's because those resources ensure you shorten the time frame to achieving your expected vision. Um, it significantly improves the value creation that can be achieved. Experience will also reduce overall risk. And of course, as we said before, it lets your leadership team focus on maximizing the performance of your core business without being stretched to also manage the acquisition. And, and lastly, whenever you and I are involved in a, an M&A, we always involve the leadership team in the journey anyway. They benefit from the knowledge transfer, and that leaves them with the necessary skills for business continuity after the integration has been completed. Yep. So I, I think that about covers it, that Toby. covers it indeed. Another great uh, podcast there, Robert. Good talking to you again. Yeah, I think that's a wrap. So, as always, to our listeners, thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Thanks also for the positive feedback and encouragement we've been receiving. As we've said, mergers and acquisitions and divestments are business as usual for Toby and me. So, don't hesitate to reach out to either of us if we can help with your next M&A project. We'll be back next week with another episode. So in the meantime, stay safe and stay well. And we'll say bye for now. Bye for now.